Welcome back to The Noble Broker. I'm your host, Jonathan Lickstein. As you know, on The Noble Broker, we go into the lives and into the stories of real estate professionals because we are more than pretty faces who show pretty homes and just open doors. We're people, we have stories, we have backgrounds, and we certainly have passion. So today I'd like to welcome my friend, Stacy Stahl, who is uh, joining us on today's episode. And Stacy, it's an exciting time for you right now. Oh, it sure is. I'm like so excited to be out there at Florida Realtors and putting myself forward as a candidate for secretary this year. Well, I really appreciate you sitting down with us. It's important and you see so many things when a candidate goes on campaign and their talking points and their initiatives and what they're really running on their platform, but you don't really get to know the person. (laughs) And I've sat down with you one-on-one several times uh, through the years and Mm -hmm. I hope our members and our our voting directors here certainly get the opportunity to do the same. Although you know so many people, there's still so many more that come around and new, et cetera. So tell us a little bit about you. You're in the Key West Association. You're in beautiful paradise of Key West. (laughs) Um, But why did you decide in this paradise life to jump into the real estate profession? You know, being a a realtor full time is just one of those things that evolved for me. I was in retail as a buyer for major department stores for many years. And I decided that I was coming back to the Keys, back to my family. And I wanted to explore something new that didn't revolve around me standing nine to five in an office or in Key West case, it's tourists. So, I mean, it could be till midnight or 1 a.m. sometimes that something's open. And I wanted to make a difference. And I felt that my skill set really melded well with being a realtor. And it just evolved into my favorite profession ever. So it's funny to live in Key West Mm -hmm. and really be as a realtor so much based on community and people being involved with each other at the local level just as residents of their home Um, in such a transient area how do you feel that you are able to impact your local community as a realtor so our association is small but mighty Uh, we have about 550 members believe it or not i mean small island 550 members but we're all involved in different things aside from just our our realtor association and any good realtor should be Um, so you know we have people that are members of you know the boy scouts and the girl scouts mom and dads and we have the people that are rotarians and the people that are involved in the chamber of commerce and we're all able to branch out and and spread our knowledge and bring knowledge back to our association and i think it just kind of works in this very cyclical fashion Um, Key West is one of the most giving places that you could ever imagine living. Um, Fundraisers, we do them all the time. Whether it's for um, your your friend who fell and can't work for a few weeks and we have funds that help, you know, bartenders and, and waitresses that maybe don't have health insurance and people whose pets are in danger or, or may have a, an issue and can't afford some health care. We have fundraisers for all these things all the time. The community just pulls together. And as realtors, we're at the center of all of that all the time. It's really nice to live in that kind of atmosphere. It is. We're very fortunate. There's some people who live in in these massive cities, Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to foster that sense of community and feeling like you belong Mm -hmm. uh, when there's just such a big population around. And it's something I feel like coming from that smaller area Mm -hmm. uh, that you come in and you get to a place like here. We're in Orlando, Florida Realtors. And it's it's a much bigger, a bigger pie. It's a bigger community, but Mm -hmm. it still feels the same. 
Do you, do you feel that way? Oh, absolutely. You know, when we started traveling, I mean, you know, like you mentioned before, we've, we've known each other for years now. We've become friends. It's part of our realtor family. We all come up in leadership in different ways, and yet we see each other, we, we welcome each other, we, we travel to Washington, D, to D.C. to advocate for our members or possibly to Chicago for something at NAR or around the country for the different conferences and conventions that we're all involved in. And we always seek each other out and we've really become interwoven as friends and members and, and realtor family. Yeah, completely mm -hmm. agree with that. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about our industry, okay. right? There's, there's lots of stuff going on. There always is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love coming to these conferences as so many, so often beforehand, the chatter is, oh, this is going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's said for every conference, every meetings, <laughs> yes. because there's always something going on. Yes. So when you're looking at it from your perspective, mm -hmm. uh, what are the three biggest issues we have facing our industry? Profession, homeowners, what are our biggest three issues at, at hand right now? So I think for, for our members, we are facing a few issues. And I, I kind of want to say they're under the unity umbrella. Uh, we need to become more unified. Um, unif unity is not the sameness of thought. Unity is the sameness of purpose. And as Florida Realtors, we have a purpose. Our purpose is putting people in homes, making lives better, building generational wealth. And if we can unite under those causes, we can become a stronger body. Um, underneath that unity, I'd like to talk it separately. We've got professionalism and advocacy. Um, professionalism is truly one of those words that we use as realtors all the time because we have real estate agents, but we ascribe to be higher, more ethical, more professional. We are realtor professionals. So when we use that word, the general public needs to also see that behavior. We have so many programs and so many um, classes, certifications, designations, but yet the majority of our members don't avail themselves of this. And what happens is that we lessen our, our value and sometimes in the eyes of the consumer, we are not taken as that serious professional. So I think that that's a very big point that we as realtor members should work towards and, and ascribe to be better professionals. Um, the other part of this is advocacy. Florida Realtors is the most amazing advocate for homeowners in our state, but we still have issues and they're not easily solved issues, but I think if we just continue to band together and push towards solutions, we can help and continue to help people in Florida. And those issues are, as we all know, attainable, affordable housing and insurance, and they go hand in hand. Um, having the um, the funds available and the grant money available and continuing to put people into homes is crucial. I know in our area, we lose a lot of our workforce, you know, firefighters and teachers and nurses and EMTs and you name it, young families. It's very difficult for them to remain in the paradise of the Keys. And, and I know we're not alone. It's all around the state. It is not a Key West problem. It's just amplified because we're a little bit smaller and a little bit more expensive, um, but we're seeing it around around the state. So doing more advocacy to keep people in place, give them the ability to live and work and enjoy their community is, is huge. But we also have to work on the insurance side of that because insurance adds so many costs 
to the value of home ownership that it becomes almost unattainable for people to buy a home. Um, do I have the answer for that today? No, but I know that we're working and I think as um, the real estate industry and the realtor professionals, we can move that needle forward still. And I know we're lobbying in Congress and I know we're lobbying at the state level and we need to continue to push forward with that. So I can totally appreciate that. I mean, throughout the state, affordability is a massive issue and insurance costs rising are pushing people out of their homes mm -hmm. and especially workforce, right? Yes. You've got everyone that's servicing the tourism mm -hmm. and with the keys being so driven and based on the income that comes out of the tourism, those people are vital to your economy. Absolutely. And it, it's the same everywhere, right? True. You've got the major areas in South Florida, the people that work inside these cities that make everything run, the popular, mm -hmm. the public transportation. All of these people don't need to drive two hours, an hour and a oh, half no. to get to work. And then they just look for another job because it's not economically smart for them to do that and still be able to take money home and provide for their families. Absolutely. Having to choose between living in a rental home and staying where you want to or having to move out of your, you know, you may have been there for generations, having to move out of your hometown just so that you can afford the generational wealth building and benefits that come along with being a homeowner. Um, that's, a, that's a serious concern. So. Uh, it is, absolutely. And that's why you see so much kind of migration of population, right? Yes. During, during this boom we had in 2020 and 2021, you saw just a gigantic flow of people moving from, I mean, in my area, I'll go off of Miami-Dade moving into Broward County sure. going north, Broward going to Palm Beach, Palm mm -hmm. Beach going to Martin and St. Lucie County, yes. and then the rest of the state. Um, I heard some crazy stat at the end of 2021 that said one-third of relocations to Florida mm -hmm. were Floridians moving within Florida. Yes. Uh, which is insane considering mm -hmm. how many people relocated from outside of Florida. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's a lot of people just shifting their marketplace to be more affordable. Absolutely, and I know it's happening um, you know, from our market as well. Our people tend to just, I honestly, skip over your whole area too. They go from, um, from the Keys generally to uh, places like Ocala or up into St. Augustine. Um, you know, obviously St. Augustine's kind of a sister city to Key West with the whole Flagler Railroad, but you know, we find that that's kind of where our, our biggest migrations go. Um, and of course, there are you know, obviously people that do come to your area or over to Right. the West Coast, but it's it's a big jump to come uh, out of the Keys and go that far north. So 2024 is a big year for you. Yes, it is. It's an exciting time. There's yes. a lot going on in the industry and there's mm -hmm. a time where strong leaders are really needed and direction and, and unity within yes. the leadership team and the membership mm -hmm. is really, really vital to us getting over some of these hurdles. Yes. Um, it's a constant battle. I uh, feel like we're going over a speed bump, but the speed bump never kind of goes over the curve to the other <laughs> side, right? We're just keep Good going analogy, up. Yeah. Um, so as you're as you're coming through and you're going to be campaigning mm -hmm. this year for 2025 Florida yes. Realtor Secretary, mm -hmm. um, what are you most excited about? You know, I'm excited about hearing from our members. That's always been one of my uh, biggest things is I loved serving as the small board forum chair for NAR um, in 2019. 
and I got to hear from people all over the country what affected them. You know, you, you got takeaways for what worked, what didn't, or you know, what was a really important issue for them. And to be able to take that knowledge not only back to the state but down to the local, it really made me realize that true three-way agreement and the unity that we need between all three to give our service to everybody. So I think when we go and visit and we go and I go out to, to all the different associations around the state, I'm most excited to hear what our members are talking about, what they're thinking, what they want to see from their leadership team and what they're expecting going forward as, as things may change and, and you know, their, their uh, profession is changing. I mean, everything changes, but you know, as they're going into what's going on now for 2025, 26, 27, I want to hear what's important. Yeah, I mean, what, what the membership is looking at is mm -hmm. you're running for secretary. However, right. you're running for future president. Exactly. Uh, and that's really what it is. And looking mm -hmm. at you as a leader and how you can kind of drive these initiatives and yes. and unify the population mm -hmm. to, to come to that ultimate conclusion and the ultimate mm -hmm. result as one voice. Yes. Um, so talking about that. Mm -hmm. um, at the national level, I'm not going to go into details. But at the national level and within our profession, pretty much any type of organized trade organization mm -hmm. um, has issues with communication. And transparency has kind of been one of those words mm -hmm. that some members feel like there, there's no transparency on what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. We're sitting here, we volunteer our time, we, mm -hmm. we contribute funds to our, our, our pack, and um, there's how can you help foster or what does transparency mean to you and how you can promote it well i think people use the word transparency to to say we want to know everything you need to tell us everything and sometimes everything can't be said oh it's just not realistic it's not realistic and i feel that um we have to get back to that little bit of um grace you know as a leader, you've selected me to be your voice in a situation. And it's not just one person, it's a team. So there's never just one person saying, this is what we must do. So you have a team of leaders who have put collective minds together and come up with a solution. That's the information that needs to be immediately dispersed to everyone. Sometimes there's just things that cannot come out immediately. Now, if there's a problem, it needs to come to light. Absolutely. But, you know, this is volunteerism. There are people's lives and feelings at stake. There are legal matters um, that can affect anybody at any time that sometimes you just can't disclose what's going on. And to have that grace and say, we'll find out the information when it's made, you know, it'll be made available, that's important. But it can't always be instantaneous. Right. Not maybe the popular answer, but it's, it's no, effective I mean, transparency. Just, you know, just like serving yeah. in leadership in an organization, mm -hmm. uh, running a business, same thing. You, right. you can't share everything at all times. Exactly. Um, but finding effective ways to, to mitigate that or be able mm -hmm. to trans communicate what you can be transparent on. Yes. Um, I think are, are big pieces. Absolutely. Um, love to see you guys leveraging your DPPs a little bit more, but that's my personal <laughs> opinion. Um, I, I don't disagree. <laughs> Having uh, been there, done that, yes. So I'm going to talk yeah. about that for one second. Okay. Um, getting, for example, getting DVPs more involved. Yes. Um, engagement. Yes. Engagement is an 
the ultimate problem mm -hmm. in this industry, in this profession, really in any profession where you have a large number of independent contractors, mm -hmm. right? 238,000 members yes. right now. That's insane, number one. Huge, huge. Uh, but that's a lot of independent contractors mm -hmm. who, in one aspect, are competitors. You have mm -hmm. 238,000 teams that are comparing, competing with each yes. other transaction by transaction. But when they come into a, a, a membership like this at Florida mm -hmm. Realtors, that's all left at the door and inside here we're one big happy family. Right. And I love that. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. But not enough members have the knowledge and are engaged into what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we can solve for that, yeah. but how can you foster going into a leadership role, mm -hmm. how can you foster a more of a feeling of being included or inclusiveness okay. to make members aware and give them the potential to engage? Well, I think that um, there's there's a twofold answer here, I think. The first one is, you know, when we as Realtors are uh, taking our pledge, you know, I promise to be a Realtor, we also promise to be a volunteer and an ambassador for the realtors in our community. For the brand, and, yeah. And, and I think that people need to remember that. You know, it's not, it's not about me, it's about us. Like, that's a huge part of it. And when you go into that thoughtful volunteerism and, and being there for your community, whether that's your office community or your realtor you know, community in your location or you know, at this level, you're going forward with an open, eye and open heart and an imagination of uh, sharing around each other. I think that that's huge for getting more people involved because when you start volunteering, other people are coming in, they are bringing in their friends and so on and so on. And you wind up with a great group of people who travel together, do things together and will promote better. I think the second part of uh, outreach really needs to be inclusivity of all of the different organizations that are under our realtor umbrella. Some of them are recognized by NAR and some of them are local factions and some of them are somewhere in between, but all of them are made up of realtor members. And by reaching out to each of those individual groups, um, the institute societies, the councils, the, you know, the designations and the certifications and the people that are, you know, NAREP and, and uh, NAREP and, uh, and all of those area, when we reach out to all of our individual groups and make sure that everyone knows what's going on, you will bring more people in to your group. And you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I really hadn't thought about that very much. Mm -hmm. um, I joined our RCA okay. and our NAREP chapter for mm -hmm. my local market area. And the, f the first event I went to for NAREP, the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, yep. there's a lot of acronyms. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> um, but I went to one of their events and I recognized mm -hmm. one, maybe two people. Mm -hmm. And coming from organizations of our local events from our yes. local association in the same marketplace, I know everybody. Right. So going over there, that's a, an entire pool of people that are partially engaged but not leveraged. Exactly. So that's a great that's a great point. What can we mm -hmm. do to incorporate those people more? Um, I, I think invite them. I mean, you know, you, you just said like you don't know them. Well, has anyone really made that concerted effort to say, you know what, you are the institute president right now of you know XYZ Institute. Come on over, 
sit at the table, let's have lunch, come to the, you know, the corporate office. I mean, you have a corporate office, we have a corporate, you know, we, we have association offices. Use those as gathering places. Bring in people that you haven't seen. You know, everybody's got broker engagement councils or brokerage ideas, you know, five people show up for this one or 25 people show up for that one. When you see the same people, you have to start making those phone calls to ask the additional people. And as leaders, it's bringing that other person with you. And, and I said it before with volunteerism, it's the same thing. We have to start that human connection to bring new people, new voices, because forward thinking is the only way, you know, you're going to move forward as an organization is to have, you know, the next leaders coming in and giving you new insight, new opinions. You, you're an alumni of the Florida Realtors Leadership Academy, right? Yes, I am. You are. You did national too, didn't you? I sure did. Oh, wow. Yeah. So tell me about your experience with, I, I did the Florida Realtors one as well. Okay. Tremendous experience. Yes. The, the one big takeaway that I had actually is reflection. Mm -hmm. um, we constantly go through life, living day by day, experiencing what life has to mm -hmm. offer. Love, love experiencing yes. life. But we rarely take a, a pause and look back and look at how some of our de decisions have kind of shaped who we became today mm -hmm. and the circumstances that, that our, our life is part of. So what, what was your takeaway from Florida Realtors and then sub subsequently National? Okay. So I haven't done that one yet. Okay, so um, from Florida Realtors, my big takeaway was that everyone in the room was a leader. They were selected to be in that room for a reason, but not everybody is going to be the president of Florida Realtors, and not everybody is going to be an instructor leader, and not everybody is going to be an appraisal leader, or you know, a commercial leader, a, a land developer. Every leader that was in there was there for a different purpose for their own journey. Some people were just like, I, I'm coming up in leadership in my local, and I have a desire to serve. I want to learn more. And other people were like, I need to learn every possible thing I can about this organization because I want to know more and do more for us as a group. And so my takeaway was that it was, everyone's got their own leadership journey. And when I look back and I think about all the different members of my class and where some of them are today versus you know where others are, it's all their journey. It's what they believed in and they're all serving in some capacity for the betterment of our of our profession. Okay. Yeah. Was that was that similar to as you continue to grow through mm -hmm. NAR? Um, yes, it actually is, like through NAR. Again, the, the leadership journey there is it's different. The the leadership academy there really gives you that behind the scenes curtain look. You know, like take the curtain back, you know, look in and see what's going on. And to me, that was valuable information. Um, the amount of advocacy uh, that NAR does for us at that level, going to the DC headquarters and learning from our professionals there, our, our staff there, that was mind blowing to me. I mean, we all know our pack and we hear, we preach it, we live it, we, you know, we, we are advocates, but what they're actually doing in DC for our homeowners and for our, our members is absolutely amazing, amazing process. So going through Leadership Academy, that was a big takeaway for me. But again, too, meeting leaders all over the country who have different beliefs, different values. Um, you know, one of my big eye openers was I'm sitting at a table and I've, I, I'm with, you know, uh, somebody from California and somebody from New York and, you know, somebody from Montana or wherever, you know, and 
everyone's board sizes are different. Everyone's states are different. I mean, we were the big gorilla. People are like, oh, you're from Florida. You know, <laughs> you guys have a lot of, you know, this or that or the other thing. And then, you know, you're talking to someone. Um, one of the gentlemen that was in my group was from Hawaii. And, you know, so it, it's a whole different size and, and style of leadership. So you learn to be leadership in uh, and leaders in different areas. You, you learn how to relate to leaders from different areas. And you embrace the differences and, and, and the experience of learning. So Yeah, it's, it's definitely it was, a journey. It was, and I'm so thrilled. This year I'm actually uh, the 2024 NAR Vice Chair of the Leadership Academy. So Does that I, mean you'll be running it in 2025? I will be. That's it's, incredible. It's incredible. We had our first session just the other day, and we had in 20 new leaders from across the country, and I got to start their leadership journey with them. and. It was really um, an honor and a privilege to be there. My, when this shoe is on the other foot, mm -hmm. you, you're not a true leader until mm -hmm. you are able to reflect back mm -hmm. and you see the impact that you've had on other people that you never really yeah. realized that you were having. Absolutely. Um, when you can impact somebody else in a mm -hmm. positive way. Absolutely. And we need to really hold that responsibility in high regards. Yes. Uh, so you had mentioned earlier in our conversation, mm -hmm. unity. Yes. Right. And, and it's always spoken about when you go into some of these board meetings, you discuss things. And I'm going to quote Jared Lowe mm -hmm. for a second here. Uh, he says, we, can, we need to be able to go into a board meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, I, this isn't the greatest description, yes. but he says, cuss and discuss. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to be heated and passionate and productive mm -hmm. with, our, with our conversation. But when we leave that room, the, the decision that that body makes, we are unified. We are mm -hmm. one voice. And if you can't go have, grab a beer, grab lunch mm -hmm. with the person that you were arguing with yeah. in the room, then you don't respect each other and you're not distributing, uh, demonstrating a leadership. Mm -hmm. So that is, I, I agree with. Mm -hmm. So where I'm going with this is, unity takes many different forms. Yes. Uh, tell me a little bit more about it and how you're applying this to your campaign and your, your talking points in your candidacy. So I think I did review a little bit of my talking points as far as unity goes. I really believe that people need to understand that I, when we say we're, un, we're unified, it doesn't mean that you and I think the same thing. It means that we have connected for a purpose and believe in that purpose enough to stand shoulder to shoulder and say, this is what we're doing. And the same thing I think applies to a leadership team. Um, and I love Jared's analogy, and I always say it's like the family dining room table. Like you're going to sit down and you're going to pass the potatoes and you may throw them at somebody <laughs> and you may have that kind of discussion. And then you clean up and you go like this and you're like, okay, this is what we've decided is best for our position. And we all walk out of there feeling good. And if you can't walk out of there feeling good and knowing that you were heard, then there's a problem. And a good leadership team will always value each member's input and make sure that everyone is heard and, and feels like they have had their position heard even if it's not the final one that was decided, so that they can also feel good about the group decision. So. Well, you've got a lot of stuff going on <laughs> and uh, a lot of voices to unify. Uh, yes. So <laughs> excited to hear you uh, and see you work on that. Thank you. Um, it's important that, again, when, you, when you're competing in, in conversation or mm -hmm. opinions, that you never really forget that you're there for a bigger cause. You're yes. not out for an individual agenda. You're not out for what's best mm -hmm. for you, but what's better for that general body. And a unified voice is a strong voice. And that is noble. 
thank you for being with us, Stacey. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate, appreciate you. And good mm -hmm. luck in your campaign. Thank you so much.